space for you and I At the top of the world tonight When no one ever has to hide Welcome, Pew Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report Podcast And it is a Victory Monday, ladies and gentlemen Victory! As Johnny Drama from Entourage would say uh, we went two weeks without a Victory Monday, but the Bucks got back on track, defeating the Atlanta Falcons 21-15 to on Sunday. They are now 3-2 and and leading the NFC South, as the graphic says here on the podcast. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joining with me is my fellow co-host, the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com. It is SR, and Scott, no matter how you win it, whether it's close, whether you had a huge lead and you let them back into the game, but you still ended up winning, a win is a win is a win. Yes. And those are hard to come by, especially yes. in the division. And that's why we're in a good mood for the Bucks on this Victory Monday. Yeah, uh, it, it's a Victory Monday. It's also a Roll Call Monday, which is very cool. So yes, everybody that's, that's going to be joining the chat, it's in the chat right now. At about 4.20, we're going to be doing this uh, awesome thing that uh, – that we do called roll call where we will be putting up your names and your locations from where you're watching or listening to the show. So it's cool. We'd love to see all of our Floridian Buccaneer fans, all of our Tampa Bay area Buccaneer fans, all of our American Buccaneer fans and all of our international Buccaneer fans. Yes. That's what's really cool about doing that. So that will come up your way at 420. So stay tuned for roll call. But in the meantime, you're, you're right, Matt, this is a Buccaneer team. Now, as I just wrote about, in my two-point conversion column, which just went live on pewterreport.com, and I just put it in, in the chat right there. This is a Bucks team now that, that snapped a two-game losing streak at home and needs to go on a three-game winning streak right now because they've beaten the, the Falcons. This is the, the, the meaty part of the schedule where yes. the Buccaneers can feast, right? And, and they can feast big time on Kenny Pickett, the rookie quarterback starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he has yet to throw a touchdown pass. The Steelers got absolutely walloped yesterday, 38-3 to up in Buffalo. Pickett has been sacked three times in his two appearances. He started yesterday, and he's thrown four interceptions. So Todd Bowles and this Bucks defense, they got to be licking their chops a little bit going up against Kenny Pickett. And then really, as we're talking about the division and how the Buccaneers are 2-0 and in the division right now, some breaking news that yep. came down today, Matt Rule fired from the Carolina Panthers. So the Matt Rule era is over in Carolina. I would look for him maybe at Nebraska as the next Cornhuskers head coach. He is a fantastic college coach. He really is. He's coached at Temple, had a lot of success, there. success yeah. there, went to Baylor. Yeah, I was glad to see him leave the, the Big 12, although Dave Aranda has done a really good job there for the Baylor Bears since replacing him. But yeah, I think this is just a, he's a college coach, Matt, that it's, it's hard to make that leap because it's two different worlds, right? It's, it's just different from the NFL game and the college game. And and I just think this is one of those guys that has, has had success in college. I would expect him to go back and have some success, but he just couldn't find the offense necessary to make the Panthers a potent team and a team that could threaten in the NFC South. 
Yeah, I mean, he obviously struggled with Carolina uh, in his tenure there. Never really found the, you know, the franchise quarterback. But to your yeah. point, it's, I mean, whether, it, you know, we saw with Nick Saban, he struggled when he went to the NFL. Yeah. Urban Meyer, <laughs> I don't even think a catastrophe can properly describe <laughs> no. what that was. So no. A train wreck a, is, is is too light of a term, right, for yeah, Urban yeah. Meyer's. Like Chip Kelly, I mean, he had a little success getting the yeah. Eagles to the playoffs uh, one time. And then, of course... The Shiano man, Greg Shiano yep. here in Tampa, it didn't work out there. So right. it's a very, very tough uh, hill to climb or mountain to climb, I should yep. say, for college coaches going into the NFL. And yeah, Panthers cleaned house. You know, they obviously rule yeah. got Phil fired. Phil Snow, the yeah. defensive coordinator. And uh, they're going to have a new quarterback this week as well because Baker Mayfield is not going to be available for the next game. And of course, this could impact uh, whether or not he is ready for the game in two weeks against the Bucs. So obviously this is very specific to Tampa Bay and Sam Darnold still isn't healthy yet. So it's looking like PJ Walker, the former uh, XFL great uh, is going to be the starting quarterback for uh, the Carolina Panthers. And he might be, he might be the best of the bunch when it's all said and done. I mean, really, (laughs) I I agree. And to be honest, like I was watching some of that Panthers game, yesterday because they, they played at four o'clock they were home but they played against the, the 49ers who were of yep. course are a west coast team so that was a later game and right i'm telling you scott if if they weren't in the division so it obviously matters to the bucks and if i didn't have christian mccaffrey on one of my fantasy football teams <laughs> i had a very difficult time watching the panthers yeah. offense like baker he shuffles around he doesn't know what to do the yeah. offensive line is wishy-washy so you know there's always a guy in his face he's scrambling around he's chucking it down the field it's yep. a really tough, uh, you know, offense to watch. And I think Matt Rule, another thing, never really truly found the identity of the Panthers offense besides right. we have Christian McCaffrey and he's <laughs> yeah. great, but, you know, he's injury prone a lot. Yeah, when he's healthy. Been healthy this season. But for the most part, he's been injury prone. And when he's out of the game, so are the Panthers, really, That's especially right. on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and uh, as Joe uh, Grizz three four one says, Matt Rule left the Panthers in shambles. Bucks Nation's delighted. Yes, you're going to start seeing a fire sale. I think happen in Carolina. I think they're going to start uh, start to to ditch some players. Christian McCaffrey probably one of those players, and I think DJ Moore is probably yeah. safe. Robbie Anderson probably not, but you're going to see a bare bones Panthers team maybe starting this week or. The week of the Buccaneers game, there could be some roster attrition there as they try to, to stockpile more draft picks for the future. And then, of course, the Bucs have to play the Panthers later this season, right? So that's going to be an even more depleted Panthers team and a team that's probably at one and four right now, not going to get any better. And if they're not going to get any better, what's their mood going to be? When do they play them next? In January, right? Is that yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I believe yeah. it's New Year's Day. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, th- that's... Listen, they're they're going to be ready to to head home, right? They're, they're yeah. going to be ready to call it a season by then. What's up, Nathan? How are you? What's and going on, I, this just feels like a sweep again, right? It just right. does. And 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 of course that that helps the Buccaneers, right? We talked about going streaking. This is a three game stretch right here where the Buccaneers can not only win against the Steelers this week on the road, Matt, but then also have another victory against the the Panthers and you know and that's that's going to be at um at, at Carolina to get them to to 5 and 2 heading into 
the Baltimore Ravens game on Thursday night football, but more importantly, Matt, a three and O start in the NFC South. And that's exactly what we talked about yesterday is, you know, people are going back and forth about the fact, all right, the Bucks won and that's good, but they got bailed out by the penalty at the end and you had 21, nothing lead that you almost gave away. That's one way to look at it. But again, as we talked about on the show yesterday, if they steamroll the Steelers and demolish the Panthers, no one's going to be talking about the 21-15 game. They're going to say, hey, the right. Bucks are on a three-game winning finally after just a complete dumpster fire of Thursday night football games in general. Thank you, Leo, for the $2 Super yeah. Chat. Can we trade Leftwich for DJ Moore? I think, I don't know. You might have to entertain yeah. that. Um, but after a dumpster fire of just awful Thursday night football games. And there's another yeah. bad one this week. I, it's Washington and another bad team. Uh, the Bears, yeah. I think, maybe. Oh, Bucks ravens is going to be a fantastic yeah, it is. Uh, Thursday night football game. But one thing that I, I think is good is that if they were going to fire Matt Rule, I'm glad they did it this week as opposed yes. to next week heading into the Bucks game. Because, I don't know, there's a weird thing. You see it in college a lot. Like Coach O is known as the great interim head of all time it happened right. in the nfl too where when you fire the head coach the team kind of like rallies together and they get a yeah. little more motivated for um you know that next that yeah. next game that next i don't opponent. know about steve and, wilkes though I, I get you mad and i hear you and i think you're making a legitimate point but steve wilkes this is the guy that the cardinals quit on i mean he lasted right. one year as a head coach out in arizona so i don't know yeah I, it, I'm just saying, like, in general, I'm not saying, yeah. like, oh, we're going to rally around Steve Wilkes. I just think it's yeah. the, okay, we have a little change. Let's see right. if, that, if that fixes anything. And you talked about stockpiling the wins. You know, they need to go on a three-game winning streak. Another thing that you should be stockpiling is uh, Celsius Energy yes. Drinks, which, of course, Celsius is the presenting sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. And we love Celsius for the variety of drinks that they have. You see the Arctic, peach, and tropical vibes right there. You can also get the uh, sparkling cucumber lime. I had that yesterday during the Peter Game Day Good. show. Uh, sparkling orange, the cola flavor, and uh, you know sparkling watermelon as well. So many different flavors. Seven essential vitamins, folks. This is the healthy energy drink. Much yep. healthier than some other energy drinks on the market. Gives you that essential energy to get you through a work day, whether you're going to the gym, maybe you're busy later, you got to stay up, you don't want to take that nap have a Celsius energy drink. You can go to the Celsius website, click on the store locator and find out where you can get a Celsius near you. As you see more flavors on the screen there, go to your local Walmart, gas station, target, convenience store, bodega. bodega. Uh, they're going to oh. <laughs> bodega, baby. They're going to have it all over the place. Or if you want to save some money and you don't even want to leave your house or apartment, you want it sent to you. You can go on Amazon, um, subscribe and yeah, save subscribe and save as they say uh, save some money with celsius and uh, i would recommend getting the variety pack variety is the spice of life just make sure you're drinking celsius wherever you are and whenever you get your day going so uh celsius hashtag celsius live fit yeah man uh so things are kind of looking up too i just looked at, at the panther schedule we're gonna get talk Buccaneer football, but I mean, the Panthers are on deck after the Steelers yeah. game, and we're not going to gloss over the Steelers. You know, we're maybe even getting John Ledyard on the show Wednesday if he can make it. Maybe up there in Pennsylvania, John will actually be at the game covering the game for Pewter Report. 
since he's uh, retired from from Pewter Report, but uh, but not retired from the game itself. He loves football still. But Paul Atwal and John Ledyard will be up in Pittsburgh covering the game for Pewter Report, so we're pretty excited about that. But uh, looking at the Panthers' schedule, they have a road trip to the L.A. Rams. That's a team that's beat up, that that is underachieved, that is a shell of its former self, that really yeah. needs to get a win because – they got pummeled by the Cowboys. So this is probably, if you're the Rams, a good get well game when the Panthers come to town in, in your you know place of, of residence out there in, in LA. And um, you know, so th- this could be a Panthers team that's reeling, not just from a beat down by the 49ers, but also uh, uh, I would say a loss by uh or loss to the Rams as well. So this this could be a, a really wounded uh Panthers team mentally, physically, spiritually, what have you, by the time the Buccaneers come into town in two weeks. Christian McCaffrey's got to be thinking, man, the one year I'm healthy, we have like the worst team, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like they have one win and even, you know, that wasn't bad. And yeah, unfortunately for the Panthers, you know, they're going to be the the battering drum for the rest of the NFC South, you know, Um, obviously the division is still, up for grabs, but the, you know, the bucks obviously have the advantage with the yeah. wins in the division and Atlanta, you know, say what you will about the bucks jumping out to a 21, nothing start, but Atlanta has been in every game that they played in this season. I don't think that, I mean, they're not a powerhouse by right. any means, but I would not be shocked, Scott, if like later in the season, because there's an extra wild card now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta is one of those teams that are quote unquote in the hunt. Now they'll probably be on the yeah. outside looking in, but you know they're pretty competitive. They're actually undefeated against the spread if you're right. uh, if you're into gambling. So they keep yeah. every game close. And you know they're one of those teams. Normally, if you jump out ahead because they run the ball so much, they should have beat the Saints week one. Yeah, they exactly. had a chance right there. Exactly. And then the yeah. Saints. I don't know what to make of them. I, I mean, either, man. They here's the thing. The Seahawks are an exciting team because Geno Smith chucking the ball over the place. He yeah. like leading completion percentage uh, up until this game. And their defense cannot stop a high school team. Like right. their defense just allows I know. points nonstop, which is why Taysom Hill had a great game. But you That's know, right. Michael Thomas isn't going to be healthy, and you know, James isn't going to be healthy. I don't know how much they can win with Andy Dalton for the long haul or yeah. Taysom Hill doing all the Taysom Hill stuff. So yeah. the Bucs are in a really good spot because they have the advantage over they Atlanta. Are. The Saints are banged up, and yeah. the Panthers just in general are are falling right. apart quicker than the yeah. king and house of the dragon so <laughs> right Th- this team should be five and two heading into that that ravens game on thursday night football and um for whatever reason i'm, I'm still not quite sure but my son logan is a ravens fan and i think it's because he was growing up in in years when the buccaneers sucked and he was watching ray <laughs> lewis and and yeah, jacoby and jones yeah. and joe flacco you know win win a super bowl against yeah. the 49ers in new orleans and I mean, I, I took Logan out to all these, you know, training camps and yeah, he's met Mike and Evans. Yeah. yeah, he's got pictures, and he's like, "Dad, the Bucks are my NFC team," but I'm still a Ravens fan. So, and, and no, I'm not taking him to the game either. So, no. Are you gonna get him a, a one of those dual like split jerseys where it's half nope. Bucks, half Ravens? No, I bought him enough Ravens crap for Christmas and stuff. So, <laughs> but uh, he's not going to the game. I'm not going to give him the satisfaction. Uh, plus, it's great to get. But I'm not going to give him the satisfaction to. Sorry, Logan, it's true. Uh, to uh, you know, to go there and, and watch Lamar and and, and all that. Uh, he's been to a Bucks Ravens game before, 
It was during the Levy Smith years. It was bad for the Buccaneers. It was awful. It was a complete annihilation. So he's already seen the Ravens once. I, I'm, I'm not going to give him that satisfaction again. Uh, King Cook, great point here. Folks, there are no easy wins in this league. All of a sudden, we're supposed to blow everybody out because the media says so that we be thankful we won. Uh, because if we didn't, what would you be saying? That's a great point, King Cook. And, and I'll say this. I wrote about it in today's two-point conversion, my post-game column. Get used to the new normal. And I know that the words new normal, I hate that phrase, but I'm going to use it because everybody likes to go back to the good old days, the good old times. You know, hey, listen, I'm I'm one of that those guys. I literally almost threw up in the press box over the Grady Jarrett sack. That was ridiculous. Okay, mm -hmm. that was. Uh, I, I want real football. I, I want quarterbacks getting hurt. I'm sorry. Uh, not injured, but hurt, like thrown around, beaten up. That's that's the physicality out of the game. And the league continues to sissify the sport. And I don't like it. And concussions, listen, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but like that's a job hazard. Okay. Just like, like, you know, that, that's like saying, well, we have to find a way for firefighters to go in buildings and not deal with smoke inhalation or getting burned. That, that's a job hazard. That's right. like telling a, a, you know, someone who's in the military, well, we want you on the battlefield, but we, we can't have you get hurt. So we're going to do things that are, you know, listen, nobody wants to get hurt. I'm not advocating that. But you can't take the physicality out of the game, and that is a job hazard, right? So um, my, my point is this. I, um, I, I, I like old-school-type football. I do. But we're, we're not in 2020. We're not in 2021 anymore, okay? There, this Bucks team has changed. This is not the team that's going to be scoring 30 points per game every week and 40 on occasion. It's not. Okay. And uh, I'll tell you what, 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 uh, you know, what really kind of summarizes all this. And, and it goes to Harvinder's point here. But before we get to that, Matt, it is 420. And I, I do think that we do this fun, cool thing every Monday at 420. And it's called Roll Call. Where are you at, Pewter people? We love everyone that watches this show. We appreciate it. So we want to give a shout-out to you guys. Let us know where you're watching the Pewter Report podcast from. We have awesome fans, as we talked about before, from the city of Tampa, but also yep. in the United States, not just Florida, the West Coast as well, and not just the United States. We have a ton of great international fans right. as well. So start putting your so comments before, before Matt puts those up there, I'm going to say this to Harbender in a kind of dovetails to King Cook's point. Are we starting to realize Arians was actually a very good head coach and maybe just handing a team over to Bulls doesn't work? Okay, here we go. This team is lacking some serious firepower. Okay, Antonio Brown is gone. The nut job that he is, and maybe we're thankful that he is, but Russell Gage is hamstrung right now. And he's a shell of who, the player that they thought he was going to be. Russell Gage is not a big guy. He's an explosive player in terms of quickness. He's not a deep speed kind of guy. But this hamstring is taking away that quickness. And it's really making him a pedestrian average wide receiver. And that's unfortunate. Because last year, the Bucks were rolling with a healthy Chris Godwin, a healthy Mike Edward, or Evans, and, and Antonio Brown at the beginning of the season. Matter of fact, I wrote a story that that said these three guys were on pace for 3,000 yards or 1,000 yards apiece at the beginning of the season until AB got hurt and then suspended and, and all that stuff. Rob Gronkowski was not just a, a guy that could help out in the running game as a blocker, 
but he was also a guy that could stretch the vertical seam in the passing game. And he was a great safety blanket for Tom Brady, especially on third downs. Ali Marpet, Pro Bowl center, he's also gone. Pro Bowl center Ryan Jensen is gone as well, at least for the time being. But when you've got your Pro Bowl left guard and your Pro Bowl center gone, and you're replacing him with guys in Luke Gedeke, who's the weak link of this offense so far, and Robert Hainsey, who's not that bad, but he's not the tough tone-setting guy in the run game that Ryan Jensen is, you're down weapons, you're down protection, you're down linemen for Tom Brady up front. And what's happening to this Bucks vertical passing game? Well, they don't want to have Brady drop back and wait four seconds and chuck the ball vertically down the field anymore. Why? Because they want Brady upright. They don't want him taking those big shots. And remember, he's already gotten sacked and hurt that shoulder. So this is not going to be an explosive offense that we that we're used to seeing. Even back in 2019, right? They still had Ryan Jensen. They mm-hmm. still had Ali Marpet in front of Jameis Winston. So you have to lower your expectations a little bit. This is going to be a team where points are going to be, I don't want to say at a premium, because I expect this offense to get better. And as we see guys step into this offense and you know and, and start to make a little bit of noise, right? Guys like like Rashad White, okay, who's becoming a factor in the running game and also in the passing game. And you've got Kate Otten who also stepped up as well. I I just think that this is going to be a team that is going to be predicated on winning with defense and scoring 20, 24 points a game. That's, that's what this offense I think is capable of doing. And And listen, folks, the Atlanta Falcons, they're not a good team or a great team. They're kind of an average team. But they only scored 21 against them. They had three yeah. straight three and outs. And they probably should have put 30 up, up on the board against this team. And had they been a little bit more productive in the second half, they, they might have. But, Matt, I just don't see the offensive line being good enough. The firepower on this team, Julio Jones is is injured. Not sure when we're going to see him again. It's the Chris and Mike show again, and that's not bad. But that's not enough to put 30 up points up on the board on a weekly basis like we're used to seeing. I don't want to sound disrespectful when I say this, but when you talk about the guys that they did have, whether it was Gronk, Ali Marpet, Jensen, it's like going from having like Oreos that you get from the supermarket to the store brand generic version. Right. And I don't mean to be disrespectful when I say that, yeah. but that's kind of what you're getting with, you know, Ali Marpet and Luke Gedeke. You can't yeah. compare those two. That's Even right. as you said on yesterday's show, Shaq Mason is playing at about the same level that Alex Kappa had played at. Yeah. And we were expecting better play out of that. And again, Russell Gage, store brand version. I'm not even going to compare him to Antonio Brown. Yeah. But Russell Gage, outside of the really good game right. against the Packers, which, let's face it, he was the main guy because yeah. everyone else was unavailable. It wasn't like he was. He averaged seven yards to catch too in that game. I mean, it yeah. wasn't like he was blowing by people or whatever. He was he was catching the short underneath stuff from Tom Brady. And and listen, part of that short underneath stuff from, from Tom Brady is is the Bucks. out of necessity because it is like Medici getting yes. destroyed by Jarrett. Brady does a really good job of covering up for the mistakes of Medici yeah. and the offensive line in general when they struggle in the passing game. But because of that, you know, it takes time for even Scotty Miller. It takes time to get all the way down the field. So if you have to get rid of it quickly, then that's what you have to do. But I'm okay with it 
for the most part, because I what I think the Bucs did a pretty solid job of in yesterday's game is that, and we talked about the third down efficiency, that it was over 50%, which is better. It's an upgrade. It's not all the way where you want it, but it was better than it has been in weeks past. Yeah, I saw that comment by Joe Grizz. Yeah. Um, but I think they did a good job of setting themselves up for the most part with, you know, getting those six or seven yards on first down with a, you know, a short pass to Kate Otten or Rashad White yeah. or Leonard Fournette. And that's how you have to combat that. We don't want the Bucks to get in a lot of third downs, but if you're going to get in that situation, don't make a third and eight, make it third and three. Things right. of that nature where it's much more easier to get. And that's just the nature of if you're getting the ball out quickly, you're not going to throw it for 30 yards down the field because yeah. you have to hold on to the ball. But we've seen right. Brady, and no one's better than him at moving around and dodge, duck, dip, dive, dodge, you know, all that stuff yeah. in the pocket. But he can't do that every single time. You know, even, even as great as the TB12 method is, he can't be doing that all the time. And he got hit a lot uh, in yesterday's game without question. Yeah, he did, you know, and and uh, all it takes is, is one shot, man. It's like this is a guy that that has, you know, a, a bad ring finger on his throwing hand and a bad shoulder, right, with this rotator cuff injury. So it's you don't want Brady taking any more shots. He's 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 already not 100 percent right now. To me, uh, I think that's a big reason why they did not quarterback sneak him on that fourth and one is because. You don't want him taking a shot to that shoulder or getting his hand as he's trying to push through the pile, you know, get getting that that hand or finger even more messed up. So to me, it's um, you know, it, it it it's limiting what the Buccaneers can do. I, I don't I also don't know if Brady can put all the mustard on the football that he needs to, throwing the ball down the field. We saw the first deep pass to Scotty Miller, not the one that should have been the blatant PI that the one in the end zone. You're talking one in the about. end zone. Yeah. Yeah. Miller had to slow up a little bit for that one. Right. And then mm -hmm. there was a pass to Mike Evans that was slightly underthrown that Mike jumped up for. So I, I think that he's dealing with, with some, you know, with some legitimate concerns. He's not hundred percent, obviously can still throw the ball. I mean, I'm not saying it's impeding him <laughs> from being yeah. really, really good. He threw what 53 passes yesterday, 350 some yards. And he's still at less than hundred percent better than just about every quarterback in the league at hundred percent. So um, I, I just think that, that they have to pass the ball, but they're going to try to do so in more of a dink and dunk fashion to try to move the chains. And the problem is, is, is some of these routes don't go deep enough, especially on third downs. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see whether it's Russell Gage or Kate Otten, whatever, if you need six yards, run a four or five yard pass and you know pass pattern. And then you get, you got a punt because you, you couldn't go 10 yards in three downs. And even though you're trying to pass the ball and doing it. So I, I don't know. It's, it's not, it's not as fun as an exciting as it used to be. And Buck fans are going to have to kind of get used to that. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you were spoiled. We all were spoiled. <laughs> yeah, that's it. true. You know, and you know what? It, it's not going to get any better next year when Tom Brady's gone either. So you might as well get used to it now. And, and you know what? That's why you got to appreciate the good times. I, right. I, I say this from time to time. Before Brady got here, the Bucks had an absolute decade of just, you know, absolute obscurity. Suckiness. You know, and, you know, then Brady gets here. They win a Super Bowl. Next year didn't totally meet expectations, but of course, you know, still won their division, had a franchise career uh, record in in wins in a season. So there are 
a lot of good times. Uh, Giovanni says, and thank you for the super chat. He says, better to get growing pains out early than later. Absolutely. Right. This team is going to look pretty different, especially on offense, yep. in December and, and January, without question. And Scott, I just mentioned, appreciate the good times, and you put up a Pirate Republic beer. So this is the perfect time to tell everyone that Pirate Republic is the official beer of pewterreport.com. We're very excited about this exclusive partnership Partnership, sorry, with uh, Pirate Republic. Uh, they're based out of Nassau, Bahamas, and they're uh, coming to Florida, invading Florida just in time for football season. Beer brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original pirate code, and that's a sense of belonging. Pirate Republic is a community of people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner, my personal favorite that Scott was just having on the screen there. Uh, it's perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. Then you have the Take No Quarter, which is the best IPA that you'll drink. Or you can drop an orange slice in the golden haze of piracy Belgian wit beer and enjoy that pirate life. Pirate Republic beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more. Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area. That's where I go when I'm picking up my Pirate Republic. And it's expanding across the state of Florida, which is really cool. So live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic beer, the official beer of pewterreport.com. Always good to have a beer on a victory Monday. Yes. Yeah. I'm enjoying this Long John Pilsner very much so. Very cool. Very cool. One thing I want to talk about, Scott, and uh, we can get into Todd Bowles, his press conference today, things that he had to talk about. But one thing that we didn't mention on yesterday's show, because it kind of, mm -hmm. you know, came out as we were working on other stories and, and things like that. But Devin White had some interesting comments after the game uh, where he was asked about, I believe Greg Allman from The Athletic posted the video. Yep. Where um, you know, was asked about the the defense kind of allowing well the Bucks in general allowing the Falcons back into the game. And he said that the defense kind of got bored, you know, when you got when you have such a big lead like that, uh, you get a little bored playing defense. And then the 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 Falcons came right back, made it a 21-15 game. Uh, what was your takeaway from that comment? I, I kind of think maybe Devin either misspoke a little bit, or at least we'll learn from his lesson of, uh, yeah. you know, maybe don't I, say that publicly. I, I, I think, I think he misspoke. I think he was talking in generalities more so than being as specific as he was. And th this is his exact quote. I'm reading it from Greg Allman's uh, Twitter. He posted the video. Devin White took exception to it, called Greg Allman out on, on uh, social media, but and then he deleted it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But this is what Devin White said, and I quote, when you're beating a team, kind of imposing your will on them, it can get boring and you can get less aggressive. And then he said something to the effect of, you know, you got we have to stay aggressive. So I, I don't know that he was necessarily saying that they were bored yesterday, but, but listen, that, that does happen. It, you relax a little bit more. Like if you're drinking a Pirate Republic yeah. beer, you're just more relaxed yes. you know, when yeah. you have a lead like that. That's right. And, and the one thing Todd Bowles did mention after the game when he was asked about the Falcons making that comeback and, and running the ball, right? I mean, they were doing it on the ground. But that, that's their offense, first of all. That's what they're going to do. They're, they're a running team, and they're never going to abandon the run because that's how they get their yards. You don't want Marcus Mariota dropping back with four wides and him reading defenses, it's just not his game. But the reason why the Buccaneers 
maybe gave up a little too much ground on the run games because they were playing for the pass, right? When you're yeah. up 21 nothing in the fourth quarter, the third quarter, uh, at the end of the th- third quarter, you, you your enemy is the clock. You're trying to salt away the win, control the ball on offense, and and burn some of that clock. The Bucks were unfortunately not good at that, Matt, because they had those three consecutive three and outs, one at the end of the third and two to start the fourth quarter that prevented them from getting points to add on to that lead. We thought it was going to be Blaine Gabbert time, but but it wasn't. Um, Maybe these next two weeks we'll get Blaine. Yeah, we we, we got to see some Blaine, man. Come on. You know, it, maybe it's because Blaine cut his hair. Maybe that's the disappointing thing is he doesn't have the mullet anymore. Although Blaine did text me and say it's his annual haircut. He will grow it back. It'll be ready for the playoffs. That was comforting to hear. But it, I, I do think they were they were playing a little bit of, of prevent in terms of making sure there wasn't going to be an explosive play in the passing game or two. And there ended up being a 19-yard touchdown uh, catch by uh, Olamide Zacchaeus. And that was the play that, that Mike Edwards uh, stuck his arm out and, and injured his elbow. I think it's probably a little bit of a hyperextension. So I, I think that's the reason why. I don't think it was because they got bored. But you're right, Matt. Sometimes when you have a big lead, you're having your way against the team, you take your foot off the gas a little bit. And, and I think that happened to a degree. Yeah, exactly. You know, when you start the game, you got your foot on the pedal and you're pushing it down as much as you possibly can. And then when you get out to that 21 nothing lead, you kind of put the car in cruise control a little yeah. bit, whether you like it or not, you get relaxed, kind of like what I said. But if the other team starts catching up, it's difficult to be in that cruise control and then all of a sudden get the, you know, put the foot on the on the gas again and really get it going. So I think the Bucks fell into that a little bit. But yeah, it is tough. You know, you got to have that mentality that it's a zero zero game, even if you're up by, you know, three scores four or five scores, yeah. uh, whatever it may be. I do want to mention real quick, uh, Devin White obviously is a uh, part owner of Walk-Ons, which, right. of course, we do the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show presented by Age Rejuvenation uh, live at Walk-Ons. They are running, uh, they are running something today where if, uh, if you go to the one in Tampa or in Wesley Chapel, mm-hmm. 10% of the proceeds of whatever – meal you get or whatever you buy 10% of that will go to Devin White's uh charity organization. So uh if you want to go to to walk-ons tonight uh you know it's for a great cause uh, he helps a lot of um underprivileged children and, and children's that you know aren't in in homes and, and things like that. So you're helping out a good cause if you yep. if, if you go to walk-ons. Uh, I just want to throw that out there to to anyone that would be interested because it's a good cause and certainly you know, is. Yeah. And it's also great food. And and also we would be remiss if we didn't say that it's also the host of the the live Peter Report tailgate show. It's the Celsius Peter Report tailgate show. And it's coming to you live from the Wesley Chapel walk-ons this Sunday at 11 o'clock a.m. Myself and J.C. Allen and John Gilmore, former Bucks tight end, will be there offering up all of our analysis as the Bucks get ready to kick off against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've talked about that to some degree. Matt, we'll get into that more on Wednesday on the Pewter Report podcast, which is our preview podcast. But the Pewter Report tailgate show, that's going to kick off at uh, 11 o'clock Eastern, followed by the Pewter Game Day show, where you do a great job getting everybody fired up and geared up with the kind of the play-by-play analysis and offering up your insight from what you gather in the locker room during the week and in the press conferences as the Buccaneers 
are going to do some battle against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's going to be a very fun game. Should be another Bucks win. Join us live at the Wesley Chapel Walk-Ons at 11 a.m. for Pewter Report uh, Tailgate Show. And if you can't make it to the Walk-Ons, well, it's here on our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV on our YouTube channel. Make sure that you subscribe to that and Stay tuned right after the Peter Report tailgate show. We've got the live in-game analysis of Peter Game Day. So action-packed Sunday coming up again. We're looking forward to another victory Monday next week. But before we, we do that, we also got to tell you about PeterReport.com. We got stories galore. My two-point conversion just went up. Matt just had a, the recap of Todd Bowles' press conference with the injury update. We've got Monday Mailbag up there presented by Immunity Financial. So check out PeterReport.com. Also follow us on social media. Peter Report, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then, of course, Peter Report TV for our YouTube channel. Yeah, we have content galore, as you said. Uh, you know, So make sure you check out all that stuff. We have things from the post game, things from today with Todd Bowles, which I do want to talk a little bit about right now. Uh, Bowles spoke with the media at 1230 today, yeah. as he does after every game on Monday. He speaks post game on Sunday and then uh, more follow up on Monday as well. And really the big theme as it is a lot of weeks uh, on Monday really is, uh, you know, the injuries. And of course, right. you know, the Bucks had injuries going into the game, you know, where Logan Ryan, the safety wasn't playing and Akeem right. Hicks was missing another game. He had played got injured week two uh, in the game. He hasn't played since. Yeah. And um, it's not looking good for really either of them. Next week for Logan Ryan Bowles specifically said, probably not this week. And with Akeem Hicks, he said, I don't think he's specifically mad at Hicks, but yeah. he sounded just a little, a it's little frustrated angry about, just, yeah, the, uh, yeah. Just the recovery process because yep. his first line about whether uh, Hicks would be able to practice this week, he said, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. And then he said, <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> and then he said, uh, we thought he'd heal a little bit earlier than he did so it's kind of a week by week thing yep. right now with him and well, you know, you know week what? by week but he hasn't played the last couple of weeks you know what matt i, I got two words for you deidrin sanat okay oh, yeah. deidrin sanat give me more deidrin sanat this guy is honestly he's playing the best out of all the defensive tackles he really is he's a part-time player obviously his his reps his snaps have gone up a little bit with akeem hicks's injury he's in that rotation now with Raheem Nunez, Rochez, and Logan Hall. But Deidrin Sanat, what a game he had. This guy played his football at Raymond James Stadium for the USF Bulls, was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons back in 2018, the same year the Bucs got Vita Vea. So it wasn't just Vita Vea who had a sack and for the defensive tackles. No, it was yeah. also Deidrin Sanat getting his first sack ever in the NFL against his former team. So what a great day for him. He's been a really a force against the run, man. He's only six feet tall. He's, I mean, I'm, I'm six foot tall myself. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking him in the eye and it's just crazy. I'm used to seeing defensive linemen like Gerald McCoy, six, five. I mean, hell, even Logan Hall, he's six, six. And Logan Hall also had a sack yesterday. He was playing some defensive end. The Buccaneers broke out a, a kind of a new defensive package for their big base personnel. And they had Logan Hall playing, on the edge, not just inside at that three technique, but uh, that was a great play by Hall. It was a third and one. The The Falcons were going to do a, a bootleg or waggle. He stayed home, 
rushed right up field and got a big time sack. The Buccaneers had some huge sacks on third down. You had uh, Joe Tryon Shoinka. He had a, a, a sack. This was a, a pressure that he had that was an incompletion. He almost had a strip sack. Matt, it's so close you can see it right there. But JTS came up with a sack on third down, a pressure on third down to force an incompletion to get them off the field. Uh, Sanat's sack was on second down. Winfield's sack was on second down. But both of those sacks resulted in, uh, in, in, in turnovers, one of which was a punt. Sanat's sack was in the second half. That led to a punt. And, of course, Winfield's sack on second down led to a third and 19. There was an incomplete pass, and that, that led to a 52-yard missed field goal by Young Hoku, or Young Hoku, and easy for me to say. And the rest is history as the Buccaneers marched down the field, get a field goal of their own. So five sacks for the Buccaneers. They're up to 19 sacks on the season. That's third best in the league. 49ers lead the, the league with, with 21 sacks right now. Dallas is second with 20. But I like the sacks, Matt. Not all sacks are created equal. Sacks on first downs or sacks on second downs, whatever. If you get a first down, it's kind of a nominal play. It's a, it's a stat. But sacks on third down or, or sacks like Winfields or Sonats that lead to a change of possession, whether it's a punt or whether it's a missed field goal or whatever, they count more. And I like these sacks that the Bucs are getting on third down. They got 19 so far. And they're really spread all over. Devin White's still in the lead with three. Yeah. Vita Vea, two and a half. You got four guys with two, including the rookie Logan Hall, Antoine Winfield, Anthony Nelson, and Shaq Barrett. And you got Joe Tron showing it with one and a half. So a lot of guys getting to the quarterback so far at the start of the season. I think we're going to see more of those sacks against Kenny Pickett on Sunday. Yeah, I really enjoyed the fact that uh, Logan Hall just looks to be getting better and better yeah. each week. And both of his sacks this season were on third down, which is obviously super important, as you pointed out. He's got a couple of good uh, pass rushing moves. He's got a he likes to use the swim move a lot. He can spin too if he needs to. Yeah. And you talk about Deidre and Sanat, talk about making the most of your time. He had 17 snaps. That was yeah. second lowest no. on the Bucks defense, only yeah. behind Zion McCollum at 13, which Zion McCollum only came in the game because not just Carlton Davis, but Sean Murphy bunting right. got hurt as well. And Sanat had, I believe, four tackles and obviously a very important sack. So he's earned more playing time. I said yep. that in the snap count analysis that I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little more playing time yep. next week. And then Joe Tryon Shainka. You know, the fans were clamoring. They're like, what's up with Joe Tryon Shoenka? He yeah. hasn't really done much. And you know what? Good thing he got a sack in this game. And I thought he was great stopping the run, yeah. getting pressures, uh, getting a sack as well. Um, but good thing he got it in this game because JPP looked pretty good for the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, on the Sunday night game last night. And I'm not advocating, oh, the Bucks should have signed Jason Pierre Paul. He actually got a pretty good in season deal from the Ravens, right. which doesn't typically happen too much we've long said jpp is good when he's fully healthy but how right. healthy is he is is he going to be for the longevity of the season they had to move on with joe try and shoyanka and um he shut a lot of people up uh, on sunday's game because people yeah. were starting to get angry with him now they've turned their attention to shaq barrett saying what does he do and he's our top <laughs> yeah. edge rusher but with yeah. shaq i really think it's kind of peaks and valleys with him it is he's a little bit of a streaky yeah. pass rusher especially even in his 19 and a half season 
everyone remembers that. I mean, he had games he where had he sacks had, in bunches. Yeah, he had, he had hat trick sack games. Yeah. You know, he'd have three in a game. He'd have two in a game. So, and even this season, I believe right. he had two against the Saints. So he's a Correct. very streaky yeah. uh, edge rusher when it comes to getting sacks for the quarterback. So, um, and as you pointed out yesterday, while he didn't get the sack, he was very helpful in Sanat taking down Marcus Mariota. So, right. um, you know, Shaq, the sacks are going to come. Right now, it's on the lower part. It's in the valley right now, but when right. it comes back up to the peak, uh, Shaq will be fine. I have, I'm not yeah. worried about that. And I think the thing with JTS is he started off really hot, right? I mean, he he had the he he made the play, even though he missed the tackle, where it was a four yard uh, a minus four yard run by Tyler Algier and Antoine Winfield Jr. got that big tackle for loss. The the thing that JTS has to clean up. Is and 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 this is this is a just a, a teachable coaching point that that I mean I even taught my kids back in Pop Warner back in the day when when you're trying to set the edge you have to go to where the player is going to be not where he's at and I think a player that is as fast and Devin White does this too when, when you have a bunch of speed you feel like you can outrun everybody on the field. And then you can get there faster than they can. But this is a game about angles, not just speed. And I think with Joe Tron Schoenke, if you go back and look at that clip, he's running to where Algier is, and he missed him by literally half a step. And he had to be on, on the outside shoulder of Algier, and he kind of went straight up on the numbers and just got a handout and just couldn't get him. But what that did was it, it forced Algier to kind of go sideways rather than upfield. It did enough mm -hmm. with the penetration to allow Winfield to get that that tackle for loss. Didn't see as much of JTS in, in the second half in terms of splashy plays. I think that's going to be coming. What you see with, with younger players, younger defensive linemen, edge rushers, et cetera, young pass rushers, is you see the flashes and the glimpses, right? And then they start to become more and more consistent. And remember, JTS did not play at all during that COVID year. So – the Buccaneers, when they drafted him back in, uh, what, two years ago. Yeah, you're saying in college at in Washington, college, he yeah. didn't play. Yeah, he played two years of football in, in at uh, Washington, essentially. Yeah. And then he took a year off because of the COVID year in 2020 and then was drafted in 2021. Yep. And he's still learning. This is still new to him, not just the NFL level, but the game of football as a whole. Same thing with Logan Hall. Logan Hall is 21 years old. This guy's only going to get better. So when you look at, at some of these guys, Vita Bay is 27. He's like the old man up front outside of Akeem Hicks these days, right? Seriously. Yeah. No, he it's gives, true. It's just funny you know, that he's 27 yeah. and he's the yeah. old Yeah, Deidre yeah. Sonata, I think he's 26. Um, JTS, what, 21, 22? Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and Logan Hall, 21. A bunch of young guys that when these guys figure it out and they get consistent, look out. I mean, if they're producing this way right now, and we'll see how consistent they can be throughout the season, Matt. But when I'm talking about the in-game consistency, when that arrives, look out. Because this team is stockpiling some guys that can get to the quarterback. I just hope the consistency comes soon. I don't, I just, I hope he doesn't turn into a guy that it's like, oh, you know, he's got all the talent. You see the flashes yeah. in the game. But it has to be consistent, and that's just my concern a little bit. I don't need yeah. another streaky player like like Shaq Barrett is. Exactly, and I love that's, Shaq that's Barrett. He's great. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's really just yeah. my one concern 
with JTS. Yeah. Um, he's got all the tools there. All the all the clubs are in the bag. That's right, as, as they would say. You know, and you you mentioned Jason Pierre-Paul and having a good night for the Ravens. You know, and and that that's that's the thing is JPP when he's healthy, he can play. It's just as you get older, as you age, Matt. Mm-hmm. You know, everything slows down. It just does. You know, your metabolism, your mental acuity. You get injured more often. And that happens. Now, there is a way you can fight it, and maybe JPP could use some. I know I did, and that's some age rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Sorry, I don't believe that lady when she says she enjoys shopping. Now I think she always enjoyed shopping. It's just she has the stamina to walk the malls a little bit more now with age rejuvenation. Listen, I get it. John Gilmore, former Bucks tight end. He's been an age rejuvenation customer for over a year. I started my journey with age rejuvenation at his request. He says, Scott, you gotta, you gotta try this out. John, I think is 44. I'm 50, a couple years older and I'm feeling it, (laughs) but not anymore. Age rejuvenation works folks. Guys, if you want to feel better, go to age rejuvenation, lose some weight, feel great, have better sex. You might've seen age rejuvenation as the new sponsor of my SR's fat vibe column. Of course, they're also the presenting sponsor of the Celsius Peter Report tailgate show live at walk-ons. Well, I'm an age rejuvenation customer myself. Thankfully, I didn't have any issues in the bedroom, but I turned 50 this year. In energy, it became a real problem. I started to just crash in the afternoons. I was having to go for two Celsius a day just to survive until 8 o'clock at night. Then I wanted to go to sleep. I, I literally had no energy. It turns out I had low testosterone. Like most men... And they're 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And that's that's just part of aging. It's part of getting older. It's natural. Low testosterone, it affects everything from weight loss to energy to stamina. I've actually dropped a couple pounds too. I actually can go a little bit harder and you know longer in the gym, which is great. Uh, I'm not trying to become some bodybuilder, but I'm tr- trying to stay fit. And I, and I can really feel it when I do the physical exercise, whether it's outdoor jogging or, or you know, lifting some weights in the gym. But there's a way to fight low testosterone, and that's with testosterone therapy. You can go to Age Rejuvenation. They've got five Tampa Bay area, area, five Tampa Bay area locations. You can visit them on the web at, at agerejuvenation.com. Go check out the website. It's, it's worth checking out. It really is. And it's going to help you feel great. And uh, it's worked for me. If it didn't, I would not have them on as an advertising partner. I'm, I'm not going to, as the vice president of this company, the leader of Pewter Report, have a product that we don't believe in to uh, to pitch to you guys. But it's made a difference for me. If you're sluggish, if you're low with energy, if you're in mental fog, go get the free hormone panel done at Age Rejuvenation, and you'd be glad that you did. Check it out today. Uh, as we start to wrap things up, let's just go through the rest of the injuries that Todd Bowles uh, was talking about. So we mentioned the defensive guys that were ruled out on Friday before the game even happened on Sunday. Then the Bucks unfortunately had more injuries in the game. Cornerbacks Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting yep. both left the game early. Uh, Carlton had a hip. Sean Murphy Bunting uh, had a pop in his quad. That's what that's what he was telling people. Not good. The game <laughs> that does not sound good. Really not it good might get worse. 
yeah, Mike Edwards had an elbow injury. So Bowl said of uh, of pretty much all the the DBs, uh, he didn't really have an update yet. They're just sore. Uh, We'll see how the weeks go and see if they can uh, progress and start to play on Sunday. Uh, He did confirm that Sean Murphy bunting will have an MRI. He said, I know Sean is. I'm not sure about Carlton. I don't think he is. So we'll see if if Carlton ends up needing one. Mike Edwards will be okay, though. So uh, that's a good thing. And then on the offensive side of the ball, Cam Brate still, um, you know, monitoring that concussion. They'll say, he said, we'll see how he feels and see if they clear him. We'll take it day by day. Yep. And last, but most certainly not least, is Julio Jones. We know the story with Julio by now. He's got the partially torn PCL. He practices during the week, but then does not play in the games. He only played week one. He tried to go against the Chiefs uh, two weeks ago, played a half, and then wasn't able to loosen up that knee. Um, so Bowles said in this press conference, he was asked about, is it okay that they're not playing Julio because they feel you know prepared with the other receivers that they have? And he said, uh, I think we are prepared. We want him to, uh, we want him fully healthy and not coming out for a week and then missing another couple of weeks. We think we got enough guys right now to weather that storm. His pain tolerance is very high, so I know he's hurt. When he's back, we'll be happy to have him. It's just one of those things where we have to wait and see. I don't know about these comments too much with Julio Jones because, first of all, we want him fully healthy and not coming out for a week and then missing another couple of weeks. Well, that's exactly what he did in the Chiefs game where he played for a half and then he missed Sunday's game. It looks like he's not going to be... Uh, who knows? He was probably going to practice yeah. this week and then not play against Pittsburgh. And then I'm not going to question his his you know his pain tolerance or not. Right or to be like, oh, I know he's hurt. Well, he's had an injury history, so I'm right. not saying anything about his pain tolerance, but just in general, he's a guy that gets hurt a lot. So I don't know. At this point, I just think you fully sit him until he's either fully healthy or you throw yeah. him on the IR. Because I'll tell you what, yeah, Matt. They want Julio Jones for January. That's really why they signed him. They want him as that insurance policy. So if he doesn't play it down for them until the playoffs, I, I I don't think the Buccaneers would be thrilled with that. But I think they want him playing meaningful games healthy in January, helping this team advance in the postseason, then playing in October, playing in November. I mean, all games are important, right? You only have 17. That's what yeah. makes football so great. Baseball in the NBA, you know, even in hockey to a degree, you can lose eight games in a row mm. and you're still not out of the playoff contention, right? You lose eight games in a row in the NFL, coaches are getting fired, quarterbacks getting benched, your season's about over. So to me, yeah. <laughs> to me, I I, I think um, you know, I, I think they want him for January. And I I, I I would put him on injured reserve. I would just open up a roster spot at this point in time and just say, we're gonna give you you know, we can beat the, the Steelers without you. We can beat the Panthers without you, the Ravens, you know, but we even be healthy in three weeks to play. I, I don't know. Right. Uh, and and then, you know, we'll see after that, but I, I think it's time to just make the decision to put this guy on the four game short-term IR and then see how he is in a month at this point. I agree. I, I agree because I don't know what they're accomplishing by having him practice all week and then not playing. Like, what is that? What is that proving? Yeah. I don't know because they've right. done it multiple times already it, again like the new orleans game he practiced on friday so initially i was like oh okay he's gonna play against the saints because he practiced on friday but no right. 
that wasn't the case. I just I don't really understand what they're accomplishing by trotting him out for practice, stretching yeah. a little bit, and then he doesn't play in the game either. Just yeah, it, it's practice it, play or just don't right. Just, just stop. As I wrote about in today's two point conversion, check it out on pewterreport.com. I have I've seen players, really good players, like great players, right? Starters that that you know, usually coaches will say, Well, you know, if you're not going to practice this week, well, we can't play in the game because you didn't get your reps. And no, no, no. If, if it's Ronde Barber, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, <laughs> those players, I mean, they don't miss practice to begin with. But if if it's a star caliber player, right, that doesn't practice or can't practice during the week, but but then can there's a chance he can play. And he gets to Sunday and says, okay, I, I'm going to test this knee. I'm going to give it a go. And boom, they're all of a sudden they're active and, and they're playing, right? I've never seen a situation where a player practices, even in a limited fashion, all week, doesn't necessarily get worse, is listed as questionable on the final injury report. Now, we've seen sometimes, like on Saturday, they put Russell Gage on there with mm-hmm. the back, right? We That does happen from time to time, but... We didn't know about that, but all of a sudden he practices during the week, gets to Sunday and says, eh, you know, I'm out. I'm not going to play. Yeah, it's definitely, it's surprising. It's a little frustrating because, you know, a lot of people were excited when Julio Jones got here that he could yeah. be a factor for the Bucs. And I think looked, it's kind of good in week one. He dominated a couple practices. I mean, we were out there, you know, training camp. We're like, holy smokes, man. I mean, yeah. this guy, I think it's, guy still has it, but he doesn't. I think it's compounded, too, because Russell Gage hasn't really lived up to expectations yes. either. Like, if Very Russell Gage bad. was balling out, then, okay, Julio, like, you get healthy. We're fine with having the three-headed monster of right. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage. But that hasn't been the case with Gage, so it's kind That's of right. like a receiver three by committee, whether it was, you know, a mixture of Kate Otten and, and Leonard Fournette and Rashad White last game or yep. – you know, Brashad Perryman catching the ball against the Saints, right. getting that touchdown. It's been receiver three by committee with like right. four or five different players. And yep. um, so that has hurt Julio Jones as well is no one else is stepping up. Five goes a little uh, more than it should be. Exactly. Well, we are, we are, we're negotiating with, with John Ledger to see if he can make it Wednesday. Uh, nobody knows the Steelers better than John. And of course he knows the Buccaneers for covering the Buccaneers the last couple of years. So who better to have on Wednesday for our Bucks Steelers preview than John Ledger. We'll see if we can get him to join us. Um, but uh, we appreciate everybody tuning into Matt, what, what very well could have been our best episode ever, the best Peter report podcast show we've ever done. And we want to thank everybody for participating and not just the super chats, not just the great questions and comments we put up, also for participating in Roll Call, happens every Monday. So if you want to be a part of it, be here on Monday's show. Hopefully it's Victory Monday. We love that even more. But but uh, we do that every every uh, Monday at 420. It's fun to do. And make sure that you are subscribing to our Peter Report TV YouTube channel and hitting the like button, the thumbs up. Give us those likes on everything we put up, whether it's press conference clips, interviews, the Peter Report podcast, it helps the algorithm on YouTube get us in front of more Buccaneer fans as we continue to grow our subscriber base. We're getting close to 10,000, Matt. It's exciting. Yes, we are. Very, very exciting. And uh, again, appreciate everyone. Great participation and roll call today. Thanks, everyone. Make sure you like and subscribe to Peter Report TV. So, for know I'm Matt Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you on Wednesday for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.